It's Monday. It's morning. It's macabre. Welcome to Monday Morning Macabre, the show where we talk spooky, creepy stuff, and all we ask of you, the listener, is uh, a, a little, little time from your ear holes. Yeah, subscribe too. <laughs> Coming in hot. It's Scones and Darcy here. It's the whiskey episode. It's the whiskey episode. We've got Jameson in front whiskey. of us, slurping it down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the story is, but I I can use the context clues to figure out. It has to do with a member of the Jameson family. Ooh, Mr. Whiskey himself. Mr. Waskles. Stevie Jameson. Stevie Ray Jameson. <laughs> Hold on, let me pour a little... Pour a little bit of that... Wait, put that up to the mic, see if we can get yeah. some of that... So let's do an ASMR. Here we uh, go. As- open the bottle. Yep. Ooh, that's going to be some good audio. That's some good ASMR. For I have them. little rocks in there, so you'll hear that. I don't know if that's going to make it through. I'm looking at the levels and it didn't seem to do anything, but... It's going to make it through my mouth. <laughs> so, today is the 13th episode. Ooh. So, it's extra spooky. Yeah. We originally planned for this to be the last episode of the season. Yeah, I don't... Uh, ha- we haven't discussed that. No, this train, <laughs> we have no control of this train. It's off yeah. the rails and so, I'm having a good time. We'll decide. We'll figure it out. Who cares? We got whiskey. It's all good. We should ask the listeners... I don't Imagine think if they had a strong, they're like, stop at 14 over fucking knowledge. <laughs> or I'm anymore. unsubscribing and I'm deleting the podcast off the internet. I'm anonymous. Today, Scones is going to be bringing me uh, the tale of Stevie Ray Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was his name. I, uh, I'm excited for it. Me too. So why don't we shoot on down to Scony World? Hey, thanks for coming to Scony World. I'm going to be reading to you from a wonderful article on IrishHistoryBiteSize.com. Irish History Bite Size. Yeah, there's a lot of different articles on this particular subject. Yeah. But this one is... Is the most Irish and bite-sized? Yes, and has a nice narrative flow to it. I was told of this subject, I had no idea about it either, by our listener, author Ryan Benson. Ryan Benson again, coming in hot with the recommendations. I know. Everyone Shout else has to, to step it up. I had a challenge to all you other <laughs> listeners. Give us some recommendations. So far, Ryan's doing all the work. <laughs> doing the heavy lifting. We're, we don't want to have to look into any research when we record. <laughs> we want to be able to go to Irish Bites. Go to irishbitesize.com, find articles, link them to us. Exactly. I like the URL also. I like that they specified that it's bite-sized. It is. It's it's not a we're not going to have a whole serial length right, podcast yeah. on it. It's just, just going to be an Irish bite size for your Monday. For your Monday. So here it is, the tale of James Jameson. JJ Jameson. Whoa. You wanted just... pictures of <laughs> Spider-Man. All right, so obviously you know of the Jamesons, the Irish whiskey barons. Um, I feel like I know of the commercials where they're like rolling whiskey barrels down like a hallway in the dark for some reason. That's them. (laughs) Everyone knows them. They're the premier families of the British Empire during the 19th century when this particular event takes place. So they were the big, they were a big deal. Yeah, they were some of the wealthiest people in Ireland. The British Empire altogether. That makes sense. Of course, the whiskey guy is like the biggest deal in Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) Especially in the 19th century when Ireland was not having a good time. That tracks. All right, continue. Uh, But they were shaken to the core 
by a scandal involving cannibalism Ooh. in the deepest parts of Africa. Wait. Okay. I was already I was all set up for us to be venturing through the Emerald Isle, oh, and then no. all of a sudden, it's people eating each other in Africa. No, we're going to the Dark Continent now. James Jameson was one of the heirs to his family's vast fortune, and he, but he didn't give a shit about whiskey at all. Okay, so he was the he was like the rebel of the. Yeah, he was fascinated by nature and spent most of his time outside sketching birds and butterflies and stuff. So he should have been making Ben and Jerry's ice cream. He's more of a Ben and Jerry, yeah, than a, <laughs> than a, than a Jameson. Than a Jameson. Okay. Uh, in his early 20s, he'd become one of Ireland's greatest naturalists, actually, and a wildlife painter. This is the classic, like, kid who the parents are like, I don't, just, he's just does paintings. He's going to go to liberal arts school. Yeah. And, and like a lot of Victorian kind of people of note, he's like one of these figures that he's rich, so he doesn't have to work, but also he's kind of still a curious and intelligent person, so he can't just sit around being like, Yeah, he's a, oh, uh, I'm fancy and we do fancy he's things. He's a, um, what what do they uh, uh 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 fuck yeah what do they call him Darcy what was the old like Elizabethan era where it's like oh you're a I don't know it's some fucking word I'll donkey brains yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> big shitter <laughs> so James Jameson was a big shitter <laughs> I caught you drinking on that one he filled the he so he filled the void uh, and his desires. To discover new plants and creatures by taking parts in expeditions to unexplored places. And he went all over the world to the Americas. They call the Far East. Far East movement? Like a G6? Shout out to 2006 era shitty pop music. (laughs) He painted them. He painted the Far East. He painted the Far East movement. He actually Um, was the one who found them and put them together to make a super group. Yeah, Simon Cowell with all the boy bands. (laughs) He was that for G6. Yeah, he was that for that one song. Everyone is going to understand this reference. (laughs) <laughs> uh, the place that he said inspired him the most was Africa. His love of nature and painting became entwined with a macabre. Ooh, on brand, on brand, oh, on man. brand. Are we getting money for this? They used it. <laughs> they used macabre. I they used the word macabre. We get a nickel we get every time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you upped it five times than what I had. Yeah. Well, you know, twenty-five cents. <laughs> he had it entwined with the macabre fascination with cannibalism in Africa. So he was specifically interested in cannibalism. Well, he liked art and nature and stuff, but for some reason, so this obviously, dude just really liked <laughs> the next obvious cannibalism step is yeah. dudes eating dudes and just, ladies eating dudes and dudes. That's, eating ladies. Listen, sensitive guys, <laughs> yeah, listen, <laughs> get constantly berated for their interests, whether it's art, theater, theater, cannibalism, or cannibalism. Yeah, and so this would lead to a bizarre series of events that would make headlines around the world in the 19th century. So the background to the story. Yeah, hit me with that BG. That's what I mean. The writer of this website is really good. I don't take any credit for this. <laughs> but hey, that's what we do here. We give you surface level research and a hey, good time. And a <laughs> bottle of Jameson. Hey, hey. I'm going to take a swig for the crowd. This Black Barrel one's really good. Yeah, it is. It's real smooth. Hey, Jameson Black Barrel, <laughs> smooth whiskey. Even smoother friends. <laughs> Free ads. <laughs> For cannibals. <laughs> if you like cannibalism and whiskey, you've got to have to get yourself down to Jameson's Irish Whiskey <laughs> Emporium. Uh, one in South Brambleburg, Pennsylvania. 106, the Macaw Boys. <laughs> <laughs> great, great, great. So the background great. of the story. <laughs> this is the Whiskey Boy. <laughs> the Whiskey episode is going to be a bit longer, I think, yep, than the I'm also ones. on a diet, so this is hitting me way stronger than it usually does. How many points drunk are you, though? How many, oh, how many, I'm, my BM, or not my BMI, my, <laughs> what's your <laughs> blood alcohol content? <laughs> my 
BAC. Your B blood is B boys right now. Yeah, my vampire, my my true blood right now is HBO. It's not or just no, it's TV. Showtime. It's or, not TV. Oh, it is TV then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, this is we are we've gone way <laughs> off rails. So it begins the 26th of January, 1885. The British Empire had just suffered a humiliating defeat when Khartoum in the Sudan fell to the forces of the Islamic warlord Mahdi Muhammad Ahmad. Yeah, what an idiot, dude. I remember when that happened. We pushed him into a locker for like three days. Where were you when the British Empire suffered a humiliating defeat to Islamic warlord Mahdi Muhammad Ahmad? Um, yeah, I don't know a lot about, honestly, like... I'm from America, so my history classes did not Honestly, go over a I'm lot from of America. <laughs> Our history classes were limited, and I never learned anything about British imperialism in Africa, really, or Islamic warlord Mahdi Muhammad Ahmad. Had you? Um, I'm actually a super fan. <laughs> I watched his of the ent- British imperialism in Africa or Mahdi Muhammad Mahdi Muhammad Ahmad. <laughs> um, he was big in season one of American Idol. <laughs> he came in second place. So Khartoum. The city at the time was under the control of Egypt, which in turn was part of the British protectorate. The legendary soldier and adventurer, General Charles George Gordon, was killed while trying to defend his that city. Okay. Poor dude. But this defeat meant that the British had lost control of the area, and so their administrators and businessmen had to gee it. Among them was Eman Pasha, a man who was the governor of Equatoria in southern Sudan. We had a lot of names in here that were definitely hitting 100% right. Oh, yeah, easily. No way we're mispronouncing is definitely his name. (laughs) He escaped into the jungle with his troops and was, like, cut off from British help. So the area was too important for British to abandon, so a rescue mission was planned to find Pasha and reinstate him as the governor, even though I don't know why he would ever want to be governor again at that point. Yeah, okay. It sounds like he doesn't understand his strengths. (laughs) The man who was chosen to lead this expedition was Henry Morton Stanley. I'm guessing you don't know who he is. Henry Morton Stanley? I do not. So, he's actually kind of famous in the explorer biz. Oh. He was the explorer adventurer who gained celebrity by trekking across Africa to find Dr. David Livingston. And is the man who said the famous line, Dr. Livingston, I presume? Ooh. The expedition set sail on the 20th of January, 1887. Stanley was a ruthless and pragmatic explorer. And he was basically like, we're going really fast. No one can stop to rest. Like... Here we go. Yeah, he's, yeah, okay. I and this it. was hard because the group food rations ran low and, like, every other person had malaria. True. And hundreds of people died along the way during this hey, expedition. Man. You gotta, why was he going to Africa again? To find the Amin Pasha and reinstate him as governor oh, there for okay, the British. Okay. So he's looking for Amin. Em, em. So he goes on this expedition. Guess who's like, I'm coming along in this expedition. Who? Jameson. Jameson. He's like, Jameson's I want to draw butterflies from Africa. <laughs> I've only so. got the Irish butterflies. I got to capture all the butterflies. Dude, the butterfly game in I- Ireland. I love Ireland, but the butterfly game is weak. Weak butterfly Compared game. to Africa. Africa's got that big monarch. <laughs> so basically, he splits. Stanley decides to split up the group. And he went on with a few of hundred of his strongest men to find the governor. Well, the people left behind was Jameson. Our man in but question. he was left behind? He was in the group that left behind. So Stanley oh, oh, was so like, he stayed hey, in all of you suck and you're all too weak and you're all dying. And everyone's like, yeah, probably because you're shitty. But he's like, no, I'm taking all the strongest dudes right. to go continue this. And the rest of you stay behind. So I'll do he was stay like, behind. you're drawing pictures of butterflies. Yeah, he was guaranteed. <laughs> you're not in the strongest group of men here. <laughs> okay. So while waiting for Stanley to return, he filled his days painting and exploring <laughs> African culture. 
This dude's life is sweet. He became. He literally didn't have to do anything. Yeah, he just painted all day. It was he like, just went along on like a, a military right. mission and was like painting and shit. That's like, dope. And then like when they got to the hardcore part, he got to just stay behind and explore <laughs> African culture. He's basically a really shitty person on a like study abroad program. Right yeah, right. Now. He's like yeah, yeah. He's the group project kid you have who doesn't do any work. He's like I feel like like he comes back with an accent. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It's like, I was just looking for like a spiritual awakening in yeah. Africa. My spiritual awakening happened in a bees in Spain <laughs> while I was rolling off my face in a discotheque. <laughs> he became fascinated by the practice of cannibalism and said he could hardly believe that it was real. That I agree, because I barely yeah, believe I that it's real. <laughs> so, the story comes out. But before it does, Jameson actually dies. Oh, he dies from malaria in August of 1888 Dude. before he can even return from the expedition. <laughs> what a fucking bummer. He had way too good of a time on his yeah, study he, abroad. He, yeah. Ooh. After his death, however, people felt more comfortable talking about the horror stories that emerged out of his fascination and how it had gotten out of hand. Oh. Did he get eaten alive? That would be a crazy twist. We'll see. Oh. I'm going to take a little swig of Jameson before I get to this next part. <laughs> One of the interpreters on the expedition, Hassad Farad. That's a sweet name, Hassad Farad. Hassad Farad. That's a strong name. He yeah, sounds like dude. he should own. He should start like a car company. That dude's got a six pack. I know it. Hassad <laughs> <laughs> Farad keeping it toit. Keep it toit for Hassad Farad. So Hassad Farad said that Jameson had wanted to sketch scenes of cannibalism as they took place. As they took place. As they took place, which is, in fact, weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's very much a strange thing to and do. And scary so. and macabre for a person to do. This is like classic rich person. That's like, like so, yeah, like, exactly. Like, yes, kill each other while I watch. Yeah, while I draw a pretty picture. <laughs> yeah, and he wears a weird bird, like, bird mask or some shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Jameson actually bought a 10-year-old girl from a slave <gasps> trader named no, Tipu Tib. No, 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 For no. the price of six handkerchiefs. <laughs> This girl's life was worth <laughs> six, six handkerchiefs. handkerchiefs. That's so fucked 19th up. 19th century. That was a fucked up time. Yeah. And, oh boy. He then took the girl and handed her over as an offer to That's a tribe so of cannibals. Jesus. So he could observe them slaughtering her and preparing her body. That's so fucked up. That's so fucked up. Now, the story was dismissed by most people back in Ireland, Britain, who are like, no, he's a Victorian gentleman. He wouldn't do such a thing. But really, we know a lot of rich people are capable of insane insane. I was going to say, no, that sounds exactly like the kind of people who would do this kind of shit. Exactly. Victorian gentlemen, I... Jesus. Must have been some of the most fucked up people. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm I we might take an anti Victorian gentleman stance in this podcast. Yeah, we have a strong anti Victorian <laughs> gentleman stance. So if you are a Victorian gentleman, we're not afraid to attacked. alienate that demographic <laughs> from our listener group. Holy shit, that's actually insane. That got so dark so quickly. <laughs> yep. Stanley even was dismissive of the story, and later Farad withdrew his allegations because the Amin Pasha Relief Committee, the people who are putting the governor back into power couldn't yep. have it around that an irish person from the british empire was coming and being that fucked up because people there had to be like oh england's good they yeah. were best interest. Jolly old England. Yeah. Yay. who what country has england ever not 
made better by As they, <laughs> right yeah the sun never sets on the british empire because it's afraid of what they'll do in the dark <laughs> Ooh, did you make that up no i did not you should take credit i just gave you the out right there <laughs> i invented it <laughs> i could have been a t-shirt praise me praise me i'm a clever boy however sadly <laughs> for the re- <laughs> praise him Sadly, for the rest of the Jameson family, this was not the end of the matter, even though there were attempts to, like, hush it up. Yeah, they're like, yeah, that sounds like some class, that's some, okay, we've got Victorian gentlemen doing some fucked up things, then we got government being like, all right, we're going to keep this quiet. (laughs) The classic one-two punch of wealthy people. Of wealthy people trying to draw a little girl getting ripped apart by cannibals. Yeesh. The expedition also did not go well. Stanley's men ended up disease-ridden, half-starved, even though they were the quote-unquote strongest men yeah turns out you can be really strong and malaria is still a thing (laughs) it's still gonna mess you up regardless how cool and strong you are and they eventually managed to find pasha he had no desire to be rescued by them he had carved out a niche for himself where he was and was happy to stay (laughs) so he was like simba and lion king when he's with like timon and pumbaa and they're like hey you gotta come back you gotta be a ruler and he's like nah i'm good i'm eating bugs he's like i'm eating oh but the bugs were the bugs look delicious in that movie you know it's i'm gonna do a little spoiler alert here but this is actually the uh impetus for the very hungry caterpillar (laughs) so (laughs) that's what uh (laughs) that's what this book was based off of Fun fact. <laughs> the Very Hungry can- Caterpillar was inspired by cannibals. <laughs> was inspired by Victorian gentlemen. Victorian gentlemen's insatiable hunger for entertainment. <laughs> if you read if you read the fine print at the back of the book, it's there. Stanley came under pressure for taking part in an expensive and embarrassing waste of time in this expedition since everyone died and it was very expensive. <laughs> there okay. also were stories about the inhumane treatment of African guides and carriers, some of whom had been beaten or whipped to death. Oh, that must have been shitty. How about the inhumane treatment of 10-year-old girls who get thrown to (laughs) fucking cannibal-like tribes? That's insane. Yes, in this story, the same story, the midst of pressure two years after the expedition had reemerged. One of Stanley's men, William Bonney, repeated the allegations saying, yeah, Jameson did that. (laughs) Yeah, he was was super fucked fucked up. up. He was the most fucked up butterfly (laughs) painter that we had ever seen. Everyone was like, yeah, no, 100%. That that took place. And they're like, are you sure? He was like a cool did we, dude. Yeah, they're, they're looking around like, did we stop talking about that? <laughs> yeah, like, why are we not? This should be that ever happened. <laughs> that was the craziest shit that's ever happened. Why aren't we constantly talking about this all the fucking time? It had become an international scandal and made papers across Europe and even to the United States. <gasps> the Jameson family described it as a smear campaign promoted by Stanley to deflect attention from his shortcomings and accusations of brutality on the expedition. That's a solid marketing move. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a PR guy being like... Sounds like what rich people would do. Yeah, pretty much. Jameson's wife, Ethel, decided to end the story by publishing extracts from his diary. It was a move that that spectacularly backfired. Instead of (laughs) ending the speculation, the diary confirmed that all of the allegations were true. (laughs) Jameson had written about talking the slave trader Tipu Teeb about cannibalism saying he could hardly believe such a thing existed. Most people in Europe considered it to be just lies and folklore. This seemed to anger Tib, the slave trader, who had got tired of Jameson's jibes. Tib said something to one of his men called Ali, who turned to Jameson and said, give me a bit of cloth and see. What the fuck? The diary entry then reads, I sent my boy for six handkerchiefs, thinking it was all a joke, that they were not in earnest, but presently a man appeared, leading a young girl of about ten years old by the hand. Then I witnessed the most horribly sickening sight I am ever likely to see in my life. 
He plunged a knife quickly into her breast twice. She fell on her face, turning over on her side. Three men then ran forward and began to cut the body of the girl. Oh, my God. Finally, her head was cut off. Jesus. And not a particle remained. This Each man taking away his piece down to the river to wash it. This is really ruining Jameson whiskey for me as a whole. The most extraordinary thing was that the girl never uttered a sound nor struggled until she fell. Boy. Until the last minute, I could not believe they were in earnest. I've heard many stories of this kind since I've been in this country, but could never believe them. And I never would have been such a beast to witness this, but I could not bring myself to believe that it was anything save a rise in the money out of me at the last moment. So that's the end of the diary entry. Gee, whoa, so why it definitely would you think publishing that would have made things better? I don't know. Jameson's wife, no doubt, hoped that the public would see her husband had not meant any harm and was surprised and disgusted by what happened. That's so stupid. Did not work out that way. And most people were like, holy fuck, the Jamesons are insane. <laughs> yeah. This is some legit, like, we sold our souls to the devil to have a sweet whiskey business. Not to mention most people blame Jameson since he had been to Africa several times, and how could you be so naive and not think they would do it? Jesus, this got so dark so fucking quickly. Yep. The New York Times reflected the mood of the day. If Mr. Jameson really thought the proposed act was all a joke, credit is scarcely done to his intelligence. (laughs) It's just a prank, bro. Yeah, at what point do you think when they're cutting up, he's like... So when does this is like six special effects? So like, like, where's Ashton? Come like, on out! You're gonna <laughs> put down a yeah. You're gonna open the box and <laughs> yeah. she's gonna walk out fine. Yeah. Idiot. Oh my god! He had been at the time more than a year in the country and ought to have understood native views on human life rather better than this implies. So basically, a whole generation of the Jameson brand is smeared, is destroyed. And we don't really know for sure what happened. Did he pay with the intent of illustrating it, or was he like? Kind of like in his diary, like, oh, I didn't think they'd do it. Like, they just kept Oh, it's so weird her. that they did it after I've been there a million times and know exactly after what After I happened. bought her for handkerchiefs? <laughs> yeah, what did you... Okay. What, <laughs> yeah, even just go there and be like, okay, you're paying for someone with six handkerchiefs. Nothing good is going to come out of this transaction. There's no way. Also, the fact that, like, they're like... The people who are native there are like, yeah, no, that those people are cannibals. Yeah, it's like, oh, they're cannibals. And then you're like, what? No, you're like, no way. guys, Just, what a good joke. Hey, what if I bought a slave and like had her like if, go to that place? Yeah, going to that <laughs> village being like, I know they're cannibals. And then they're like, we need six handkerchiefs and we'll give you this girl. And, and de- be, deal and done. Like, six handkerchiefs. Easy. I'm not going to do this math. There's no way this adds up to something bad. Sure, go ahead. Do you think that slave trader sat there afterwards, like looking at his six handkerchiefs and was like, that wasn't worth it. <laughs> like, I, you know, I liked her. She was what a cool the, girl. What the fuck am I going to do with six Jesus. handkerchiefs? <laughs> So I have a sick. We're in Africa. People need like food and are dying of malaria. What, yeah. Why, do I why did I ask for handkerchiefs? <laughs> this was not worth it. <laughs> Should have asked for like currency, currency, <laughs> medicine. I don't know. Especially like if you, I, they might not have known that he was like a rich Victorian like gentleman, part of a rich family. In which case, I would have been like, yeah, yeah you can see that they're in fact cannibals if you give me all the money. Yeah, give me like a, you're. You expect this to be cheap? No, no, no. <laughs> It's also creepy that the girl, like, didn't scream or, like... It just sounds like that time in that place is just a horrible, horrible all around. Everything yes. about being in Africa in the late 1800s sounds like the worst. Yeah, or in any society with cannibalism. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, any... Uh, cannibalism's... Be- hey, listeners, if there's one thing you take Let's away Let's take from a stance episode, right now. Yeah. We might be the first podcast <laughs> to officially denounce cannibalism and cannibalistic uh actions yes so if you're out there don't do it it's not great 
That's don't our, do it. That's, our, that's not, like our dare. Don't do it. Cannibalism. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's, it's not, not great. great. <laughs> that's the t-shirt. <laughs> yep. And it's just like a, a hand without a thumb waving at you. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a painting of a butterfly. <laughs> and then that under it. Cannibalism. Don't do it. It's not great. <laughs> you don't have to be a true listener of the show to get that t-shirt. Yep. Or of this episode specifically. It's very specific. So that is that is a... Episode... That's 13. That's the Jameson Whiskey Foundations. Uh, yeah, I kind of felt weird buying the whiskey after that. Yeah, but I almost now never want to drink Jameson's again. But also, but it's smooth. he was like the one person in the family who didn't make the whiskey. That's true. He and was the black sheep. Also, that was like 200 years ago, so I'm not going to hold it against him. <laughs> Also, I don't even know if they still like run it. It could be other people. Yeah, couldn't. And I mean, yeah, who knows? But hey, if you like Jameson, drink Jameson. Who, who am I to tell you what to do? Just know that this all happened, and that's yeah. uh, that's episode thirteen. Episode thirteen in the books. Uh, make sure to hit up the socials: Twitter, MM Macab Pod, Facebook. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram. Monday Morning Macabre. And thanks to everybody who's leaving reviews and tweeting and doing all that cool interaction. We appreciate it. Have a good Monday. Boy. Boy. Boy.